On In Radio, Omni Studio, and wherever you listen, I'm James Cridland, the radio futurologist. This week, death by a thousand transmitters. Virgin 1215 is now officially on the air! Absolute Radio in the UK, first known as Virgin Radio, is one of three independent national radio stations that were launched in the early 1990s. It's a national radio station, as you guessed from the name, but it's national on AM. AM radio in Europe is different from the US, not least because stations are spaced 9 kilohertz apart rather than the US's 10 kilohertz. This means that you can fit 12 more stations on the AM band, but it also means that the audio is worse quality. It's a wave band that isn't exactly brilliant for music with lots of guitars and cymbals, or indeed for jingles either. The station. Worse still, when it launched as Virgin Radio, Absolute was given 12.15am. Now, if you put more than one AM transmitter on the same frequency, they interfere with each other. Other national AM stations have a pair of frequencies, which takes advantage of the UK's roughly oblong shape. It means you can effectively run a radio station on two frequencies without them overlapping or interfering with each other too much. However, Absolute got 12.15, and a bunch of frequencies nearby for fillers, everything from 11.97 1233, 12.42 and a few others. Anyway, shift forward to today, and the vast majority of Absolute Radio's listeners are listening to it in decent quality across a variety of digital platforms, either broadcast DAB or online, or on two FM frequencies for London and the West Midlands, and it sounds rather better. Online, on mobile, and on digital radio, where real music matters, this is Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio's now asked Ofcom, the UK regulator, if it can switch off some of those power-hungry AM transmitters and turn down a few others. It's worked out that by removing 12 transmitter sites and turning down five others, it will reduce its coverage from 90% down to 85%. And all of that population can still get the station using either DAB, satellite or internet. Now, a loss of 5% of coverage, it's 5.1 if we're going to be accurate, that doesn't sound like a massive reduction. And in fact, the station estimates that it'll only really affect about 19,000 listeners. However, the cost savings are anything but insignificant. They're 50% of the entire AM network, according to a former Absolute Radio executive, Adam Bowie. Now, I left the station 10 years ago, and my estimate of that saving is very roughly 750,000 US dollars a year. That's not peanuts. Ofcom, of course, should agree to Absolute Radio's idea. Now, it reminds me of a little piece of research I did last year, idly looking through JB Hi-Fi's website, which is an Australian electronics store. I looked at every single radio that was available, and 63% of them, nearly two-thirds, didn't have AM on them at all. Now, AM in Australia is arguably in better shape than the UK, with AM stations regularly reaching number one on breakfast or number one overall in major metropolitan areas, though those figures also include DAB and online. So it was a surprise to see how few radio receivers actually had AM built in. Are we really basing the future of these radio stations on the AM receivers in cars? I mean, where's the exit strategy for these AM broadcasters? 
AM remains a good technical solution to cover a large transmission area, but if you can't buy the receivers anymore, one might wonder how long it'll be before more broadcasters want to give back their AM licenses, either in part or whole. You can get my weekly newsletter at james.crid.land and daily podcast news at podnews.net. And until next time, keep listening.